1: Again, my beautiful Screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 1314, season 13, episode 14, and tonight. I am dragging you down, 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 down to the deepest, darkest depths of the Scream Queen's Crypt to unearth a ghastly little piece of horror history, a nasty little proto-slasher from 1964 called Curse of the Living Corpse, starring Candace Hillgas from Carnival of Souls and itty-bitty baby Roy Scheider. And to really get to the heart of Curse of the Living Corpse, I needed a co-host who is dead. Dead, dead, dead. No, it's not going to be Betty Davis. It's even better because my very special guest is indeed himself, a living corpse who loves to curse. Perfect. He's dashing. He's debonair. He's decomposing. The fabulous New York horror host, Uncle Spooky. But before we go one step further, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I have been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. Except you are gonna have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. Ha 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 ha! Buckle in, because this movie's catty as fuck. And that's a good thing, because so am I. So hello, everybody. How are you? Welcome back. It's so good to see you here again. And hey, if it's your first time, welcome, welcome. Come on in. Come on in. Pull up a beanbag chair. Get comfy. Say hello. There's no need to be shy because everybody here is just as weird as you are. And that's a good thing. So if you're wondering why I picked this obscure movie from 1964 to talk about, well, there's several reasons. Pretty much since January, every episode that I've been doing has been a deep dive. From the Friday the 13th retrospective, Sissy, Uma, a wounded fawn, they all had layers and layers and layers of things to get into and talk about and implications for society today and Steeped in history and things like that. That's great, and I loved it. But now I just needed a palate cleanser. I needed a bubble gum and popcorn movie. But you know, it's me. I can't just pick a normal popcorn movie that everybody's heard of. No, Patrick has to go to the obscure vaults because I also feel the need to teach you things. And this movie has been on my mind to talk about for a while because everybody likes to talk about proto slashers. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's that's movies that. Follow the format of a slasher movie But were made at a time before Slasher movies were a thing So you know, before Halloween, before Friday the 13th Every now and then you get a movie that follows this format Like like Black Christmas, for instance Or Psycho But somehow this one always gets left out of the mix And it's doubly interesting because not only is it a proto-slasher It's a period proto-slasher because it's a movie from 1964 but it's set in 1891 so it feels like a really classy slasher movie and i mean come on a slasher movie with wigs and gowns and petticoats and frills i'm in so the movie is easy enough to find there's prints for free on youtube it's streaming on tubi it's on amazon prime for free the thing you need to know is that some of these versions are mildly cut they used to run on tv but there's a scene in particular that's got enough partial nudity that a lot of TV prints edited down severely or edited out completely you'll still get the gist of what's going on but you might get a couple of seconds less side boob. The other thing that I think you should know is that the movie is talky and the script is written in ye oldie timey talk and they do a good job of it but man they talk a lot in this movie. Now that might turn some of you off but the other thing you gotta know is that this movie is also really soapy it plays like a soap opera it plays like a nighttime soap. If you picture it like Dynasty, send the 1890s and everybody fucking hates each other and is being catty to each other 100% of the time. It's talky, catty, soapy, bitchy, creepy, good fun. So if you don't want the movie spoiled, I suggest you go check out one of those prints now. There'll be links down there in the show notes. But if you're ready, let's open the crypt and take a listen to the trailer to Curse. Of the Living Corpse. Uh. Although, you know how I just had the movies really talky? The trailer is not. There's almost no dialogue. So let's sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to the soundtrack of Corpse of the Living Corpse. I got nothing. Just shut up and listen.
3: See the creature that undrapes the passions of the living.
1: If we're going to talk about a movie called Curse of the Living Corpse. I feel it is important to have that community represented in the conversation. And when I think of who that I know that said there, there's really only one person that comes to mind. this one singular person. So I am thrilled to introduce you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls at my GNCs, wherever you may be. He's delightful. He's delicious. He's deceived, the fabulous Uncle Spooky.
4: What are you doing? Ah, I'm so excited to be here. Ah, my scared metric. Big hug. You're so spooky. <laughs> mm, you smell good. Fresh.
1: <laughs> good. With the weather getting warmer, it's good to keep the stay on the fresh side of things.
4: This is very exciting.
1: I'm so glad you asked me that, especially for this flick. Yes. Like I said, I figure who is going to know the world of the living corpse better than you an actual living corpse. Tough, but I'm on it. I'm not surprised because, for a living corpse, you are a very busy guy. I mean, oh
4: my god! Could you tell me about Uncle Spooky Spookorama every Monday night on Zoom secret invite meeting, especially? And then I kind of do a few of these live events uh, around Queens, New York, uh, specifically the Flying Fox Tavern. Uh, and then I got a little Fire Island gig. You never know what that's going to keep going though. That Fire Island's a weirdie comes and it goes. But I'm excited. One good wave and the whole island's gone, so... Little sandbar just waiting to go. Back in the 30s, I think like 100 years ago, was wiped out. So they say every 100 years... If it's not the rising tides, it's those fucking deer. Tick-tock and those ticks. Those crazy ticks on the deer. Going for the ride. (laughs) The deer are going
1: to get into somebody's molly. It's going to be a horror movie. It'd be terrible. (laughs) Anyway, Uncle Spooky hosts movie nights and they're fabulous and they're fun. And one of the best things about his Zoom sessions... Is watching Uncle Spooky watch the movie. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> because, because very rarely has Uncle Spooky seen the movie that
4: he's screaming. So, yeah, I try to try to watch. Say, For a dead man, you have a very expressive face. Yes, and you know it's it's you know it's this this career choice I've chosen to watch horror movies. Uh, it's fun because I've seen so many. So to try to see one that I haven't seen before is uh, kind of exciting. And then they have movies like this that I kind of watched or I have a memory of from childhood, but just like a small, like distant ding from late night TV. And uh, but I don't think I ever made it all the way through. See, this one, I don't remember on
1: late night TV at all. Really? I totally now this. The movie we're talking about is Curse of the Living Corpse from 1964, directed by Del Tenney. Now, Del Tenney's other movies were on all the
4: time. The horror of Party Beach ran constantly. Oh my god, love that one! That has yet to make a spookorama, but it's on my list. It's such a great horrible. Movie. <laughs> oh good. And I like how it get, I like how it wraps up with the the maid. What's the maid's name? She's got the best name. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, I. Oh, I forgot the maid. There's so many things in that movie. It's like every. I get hung up on the first <laughs> movie. The,
1: the monsters with the wieners in their mouths. are great. They're great. <laughs> the first lesbian kill. slumber party.
4: <laughs> first girl, she's such a bitch. <laughs>
1: The Maid is the only one who's speaking sense the whole movie. If they listened to The Maid, everyone would. Well, we're not talking about the right, horror right. of Party Beach. That's next time. But the thing what I think is great, what I think is cool about this movie the way we're talking about it tonight, Curse of the Living Corpse and Horror of Party Beach, came out the same year. It could not be
4: more dissimilar. Like they are worlds apart from each other. Worlds apart. Double feature. They played a lot together, right? On the drive-ins.
1: Well, they are on the DVD that I have. They're, 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 they're stuck on there together for
4: life. Perfect as well, they should be. Married. Should they though? Because they're, well, Then I get opposites attract. Well, I mean, I, I, you know what? The sound, the quality of it is, I mean, like, but where was, they were filmed in Connecticut? Yeah. The car of Pop Party Beach is filmed in Connecticut? They, it's it's on the coast. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> there is ocean in Connecticut. <laughs> or at least the sound is the Long Island sound. Yeah, it so. feels soundy. yeah but that movie that movie's all bikinis and dance breaks and boogieing and ridiculous rubber monsters and this movie is not that this one is trying to i guess they're trying to cash in on the whole vincent price edgar Allan poe craze yeah because the dress the dress is probably the biggest expense right 100 100 um before we get too deep into it the cast is pretty much nobody you know Except for a couple people, uh, who Who's a little baby big star about
4: to be born that's in this movie? Oh, God, from my favorite movie ever, Jaws 2, Roy Schreider. Did I say his name right? Schneider? No, but
0: that's...
4: <laughs> <laughs> Getting the names wrong is an Uncle Spooky trait that you just have to embrace oh. and love it. <laughs> Roy
1: <laughs>
4: brain's the first thing to go. My mother,
1: <laughs> my mother never got anybody's names right So it's an endearing quality for me Me and your mom, same category She loved that Oprah Winfield show She loved it
4: <laughs> <laughs> The Oprah show
1: but yeah, uh, Roy Scheider, Roy Schneider Now I don't know really? Roy Scheider from Jaws is making his movie debut in this. And
4: the only other person of note is Candace 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 Hutchinson. Hilligoss yeah. <laughs> Very close. Very close.
1: <laughs> Candace Hilligas from Carnival of Souls. This is the only other movie that she did. Amazing. Uncle Spooky, we have a task that must be performed before we go any further further. So, as a guest, you have a sacred duty. Uh-oh. Pressure. I want to play a game. Uh-oh. Uncle Spooky, I need you Yes. to give me a nice, tight 30-second back of the DVD plot summary. Don't pitch me the whole thing. Just sell me the fine points. Tell me the plot of Curse of the Living Corpse. You have 30 seconds. The clock is down! No pressure.
4: A gothic dramas in an old house with the reading of a will of who gets what and who's gonna get what. Gets it. Just the way they thought they wouldn't. And just when you thought you knew the answer, you did. What's <laughs> <How's> that?
1: Sold! <laughs> You're not wrong! I'm the 15th second. <laughs> You're not wrong. Personally, I would have gone with When the cruel, tyrannical patriarch of the Sinclair family finally kicks the bucket, his equally shitty relatives descend upon the creepy old family mansion to bury him and attempt the reading of his will. Instead, they find themselves being murdered one by one, all because they forgot one very simple rule. Before you bury daddy, better make sure daddy's dead. Curse. (laughs) Uncle Spooky, this movie has one of my favorite tropes. One of my favorite things is a movie that's about a house full of rich, eccentric old cunts
4: who can't stand each other. Um, can't stand each other. Amazing. They all hate everybody each other. Everybody
1: hates everybody else. And the only thing that makes the situation better is the reading of a will. And bang, we got that too.
4: <laughs> and this was a tough movie. I didn't know who we were supposed to be rooting for. And then I realized Nobody. none of them. Yeah. Maybe the Irish maid. <laughs> Even I, I couldn't even. Root.
1: Okay, I, we're getting 100%. I couldn't even root for her. I'd be like, just leave, just yeah. leave. You keep saying you just I know, go exactly. You say you leave and go. What are you doing there?
4: Towards your head on a platter.
1: Yeah, the the patriarch of this rich obnoxious family has died. He's left the most complicated will. He was an abusive son of a bitch. Everybody in this family is awful, and he left this incredibly detailed but bizarre list of demands that must be met after he died. We'll get into details in a bit. The rule broke And broken. not only, it's not like if you break these rules, you won't get a penny of my money. No, if you break any of these rules, I'm going to come back from the dead and murder you in the way that you fear most of anything. And so that's exactly what happens. The cast starts getting picked off one by one by one by one according to their worst fear. Terrible.
4: And and I don't know if you know, caught this thing, but with the reading of the will, the, the lawyer was like, and if nobody's around to pick up the mo- the money at the end, it all goes to me and I get to dispense it anyway. I see that. Put suspect all over his well, head. Me, he, but, he's another one who won't leave him. Like, you're the lawyer. You don't live here. Why are you still here?
1: Don't have to stay. <laughs> so the reason I picked this movie is A, because like I, the movies that I've been covering lately have been heavy and dense and thick. I just wanted something that was light and silly and fun. But the reason that this movie always sticks in my head is that everybody loves to talk about proto slashers. Nobody talks about this one. Mm,
4: nobody. And it really
1: is. And not only is it a proto slasher, it's a period proto
4: slasher. And I remember like from watching it as a kid, that's what really struck me I mean, late night. Like that was like the terror of it because it was like, it's totally like, it's a whole, it's a whole theme going on there from the start of the movie. And, you know, with the carriage being taken with the, with the coffin, you know, just, I mean, it opens up with the corpse, like laying in there, you yeah. see the body. And it's kind of, it looks like a body. There's something wrong yeah. with it. And, and from there on, and then it starts to, you know, with this guy going like a, you know, which was always kind of a, this, this look of a top hat. And a cloak was uh, terrifying to me as a kid. I, I don't know I something to do. It goes all the way back to London after midnight. That old, um, what's his name? Still that like Babadooky kind yes. of look just really freaked yes. me out as a kid. I don't know what about it. And 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 this is it. it sounds scarier than it is. <laughs> no, that look was was very key in movies of that time. Like I
1: just think I can't think of anything specific, but I'm thinking of London streets being stalked by that
4: look. <laughs> by that. It's very, yeah, it, it, it's very Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde kind of, you know. It's corny as fuck now, but you know what? That's what
1: makes it fun. Agree. So, yeah, so we have this curious period slasher, and what I find,
4: <laughs> you got something coming, and I, I want to jump in, but I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> I'm stuck, so you go flowery dialogue. can we talk a little bit about the flowery That's actually dialogue? what I was going
1: to to bring up but I couldn't pick up the right
4: flowery <laughs> words to talk about the flowery dialogue. What would you like to say about this dialogue? I actually wrote um I think the top 10 lines that just oh, really It's <laughs> some doozies and just and the sometimes it's simple and just the way that the bitchily mm-hmm. way they're said is amazing. And I don't even think I got them all, but they were. there's just, I mean, like, and I kind of felt bad for Roy Schreiter cause this is his first movie and learning lines is hard. And these were like, I don't know how you, you that you have to be a real actor. To kind of like, well, the shit thing back. is what I was going to say about this is like the the dialogue is really no more
1: hokey than it is in any of those Vincent Price, Edgar Ed Allan Poe movies. But this cast for the most part, didn't do a lot of movies. They were all theater actors. And so they're really comfortable with what's coming out of their mouths. And for some reason, super that makes it less fun. Like, in the Uncle Spooky showed, <laughs> what did you show a couple months ago? A uh, Pit in the Pendulum. Uh-huh. And I said during our conversation, after really look at Vincent Price, look how in his wheelhouse he is because he's a Shakespearean trained actor. He's living with these juicy words. He knows how to milk all these words, getting oh, all the, like all the high camp, but all the high drama at the same time. Whereas you get the American people like, oh yes, my lord, where are you going to in the fog of this nighttime? And it's and it's hilarious and it's all right, but these people are so
4: comfortable with the terrible dialogue that it almost makes it less fun. Wait, I agreed. Agreed. Like it should like the lines will laugh out loud, but they weren't like killing them like they should have. You had to have Hmm. like only when you repeat them back to the TV were they funny.
1: And I guess the dialogue, it's it granted its old flowery language,
4: but it's soap opera bullshit. <laughs> soap oh, my God, it is a lot of punching down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the moment where I just went, where I settled into the movie, like starting, it's like this funeral. And I'm not really sure the tone or what I'm supposed to be feeling. And it's like the first spoken lines after the funeral is over, after we're hearing the, the priest say whatever. And the shitty son's like,
3: well, that's over with. Well, it's over and done with. I thought we'd never see the end.
0: Bruce, please. Not now. Not here. Bruce,
3: please.
4: Not here. (laughs) Not now. (laughs) Oh, it's this guy. And that brings me to my first line that I wrote down from from, uh, my top ten favorite lines. Oh, really, mother?
3: <laughs> really, mother? Piety doesn't become you. Of all of us, you suffer the most. Of all of us, you should be the first to breathe a sigh of relief.
4: <laughs> and he says it just like that. Oh, really, mother? <laughs> There's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> He might have been my favorite character because he was so. Oh! Brutal.
1: Oh! oh. <laughs> yes! Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> the problem with this movie, too, something that Uncle Spooky touched on before, we don't know who to root for. And technically, the, in this house of shitheads, there are two somewhat decent people. It's Candace, uh, Candace Hildegas and her husband. Who are the people who are, are at the final battle at the end? when all is revealed and I'm going, I realized at that point, I'm like I have no stakes invested in you at all. Cause we've spent no time with you. Cause everybody else was so much. more interesting. Right. And you were so boring. You did nothing. No, nothing. Barely any scenes and barely any lines. And plus Candace, uh, Candace Hillegas was apparently a million months pregnant while making this. Movie, oh, what, really? Which might've had something to do with it. Yeah. Let's get a pregnant wow. lady and tie her up in a corset. That sounds like a good idea.
4: Yeah. I ever heard that story. How, uh, so she kind of hooked Roy up with that movie. She hooked him up, and then something about did you know, the story of her? Roy, she he stayed in her apartment and brought a monkey in, and the monkey ripped the place to shreds. She like kind of uh, rented the rented her like lent her apartment out to him, and he stayed in there a while. And it was like, right in Hell's Kitchen, beautiful corner apartment. And he got a monkey, and the monkey trashed the place. And they were never really very friendly after that.
1: I can't <laughs> imagine
4: why. I got you your first job in a movie, future Oscar nominee. And you trash my apartment with a monkey. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> he seems like that kind of dick, though, too. Like, I, I feel like, like, maybe he wasn't doing a lot of acting because he feel, I mean, like, kind of maybe a guy like that, like, surly, kind of full of his own shit. Kind of like, just like, you know, somebody would bring a monkey into your apartment and let it trash it. Like, just something about that.
1: what could possibly go wrong? I'm staying in somebody else's apartment. I'll bring in a monkey.
4: You think you'd be on your best behavior. (laughs) What? What? Oh, she'll love this. What a great surprise. Surprise, Candace, I brought you a monkey. And you can just tell he's the kind of guy when the monkey got sick, he didn't bring it to the vet. It it wasn't like a good (laughs) monkey No, man, it's cool. The monkey's cool, man. It's just chilling. No, the monkey's dead, Roy. (laughs) You can't set the monkey free in Central Park, Roy. That's That's not how you work it. But they were done. Friendship over. And you can sort of see the chemistry going down the, down the toilet in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about the guy's name who died? Rufus Xavier Thesparilla Sinclair. It's I have Rufus B. Sinclair, which they always throw the B in there. <laughs> to be confused with all those other Rufus Sinclairs running around. Rufus B. Sinclair. That's like uh, a drag king's name. It is,
1: isn't it? <laughs> Top of the movie, we're at the funeral of Rufus Sinclair. If you're going to have a movie where you have a house full of rich, eccentric cunts who all hate each other, and they're there to hear the reading of a will, that will
4: is required by law to be as fucking complicated as humanly possible. And not only that, because it's very exciting when they're telling everybody, like, here's what you're going to get, here's what are going to get. Then they're like, bring in the servants. <laughs> we got a little something for them, too. And they weren't joking.
5: First, my servants, those who have been in my employee for less than 10 years shall receive the sum of one silver dollar for each year of service.
4: And you can see just the disappointment in their faces. And why they didn't start killing the other people. That would have made like perfect sense. I loved that moment so much. To my loyal servants, you get a dollar. <laughs> you get a
1: dollar. To be fair, so to be far, the, first. One, the ones who were there for more than 10 years get
4: $1,000.
5: Those who have served over 10 years are to receive the sum of $1,000.
4: Right, right. And then he's like, okay, and you can leave the room. And I yeah, <laughs> you can make go go. Spend, don't spend it all on my money. Go crazy.
1: To be fair, I Googled $1,000 in 1890s finance would have been about $30,000. So that's a decent
4: amount of change. What's a a silver dollar doing? Anything? Just a dollar. (laughs) You were here for nine years. It was $9. Go buy yourself lunch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Good luck. I would have been like grabbing vases, packing up some silver. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. A rob.
1: Oh, please. Now that everybody okay, you gave me a dollar and now everybody's getting killed
4: off one by one. I'm stealing everything. This is a minor crime. Is that a crystal goblet? Oh, all right. That tray that heads on, ends up on. I would have taken that tray. Silver tray. It's still good. It's still good. It's still okay. good. What? <laughs>
1: Everybody needs a decorative
4: serving head tray. Oh my God. That was probably the best scene in the movie, I think, as a kid. That and the, okay, I don't want to go too far ahead. Because it was, I feel like it was, it was kind of like considered like a gory movie, right? For its time, maybe? I mean, I remember late night TV. I was a little surprised by some of the stuff.
1: Yes, I mean it's it's pretty lurid for what it is, because it, it lures you in with this look how classy we're talking and list how nice we're dressed, right. and then it's heads on platters and women getting set on fire. <laughs> and a surprising right. amount of nudity. That nude scene is shocking in 1964. I mean, you don't see What's anything. The nude scene?
4: What she's getting in the tub? When well, she's actually being drowned, you're seeing a lot. I felt she was maybe we were showing two different movies because you did she did send me the one with the boobs. And so I was looking forward to that one. But I felt like she was Artfully covering herself up pretty good while being choked and drowned. Like, I mean, she had the arm like crossway. Like, there wasn't, I didn't see any still, that, no, nipple. Still, that's nipple. That you couldn't do at the time. You still could not do nipples. nipple.
1: Psycho kind of <laughs> did it, but it's so far in the background, you can't really see. There's no nipple inside. And so that sort of thing is okay. But uh, that scene is often cut out of Prince. That scene is almost completely cut out. You see her head go under, and that's it. Oh, but the whole struggling thing is out. Yeah, oh, all right. I mean, You're that. getting side boob, you're getting under boob, you're getting top boob, you're getting between yeah, yeah. boob, you're getting everything but the
4: nipple, and that's pretty shocking for 1964. Because it's kind of, I mean, it sounds creepy, but it's kind of hot. You know what I mean? Like the lady and the, you know, they're really like, because you, you're you set up to dislike this woman anyway. You're waiting for her to get it. And she's kind of like cheating. So she's, you know, a, like a dirt, not, not a dirty woman. What would you call that? Like a, what do you call somebody who's like a cheater? See so you you're not really rooting for them and yeah. Maybe that's
1: me. Maybe no, that's I mean, just me. I mean, I want to be on her side because, okay, this woman, we're uh, uh, right ahead of ourselves. Okay, back it, right, right. back it up. back it up, back it up. The whole thing with this, Will, there is a ridiculous list of things that must be done regarding this burial. And all of these crazy things that must be done at this burial are to ensure that Rufus's worst fear does not come true because Rufus has a phobia of being buried alive
5: i can tell all of you that there were considerable holdings and all of you will be amply provided for if you abide by the provisions of the will some of which i'm afraid have already been ignored each of you must fulfill certain conditions abigail you are to be sure there is no funeral for at least five days to be certain i am really dead I must remind you, Abigail, that you let certain members of the family persuade you to have the funeral after only two
3: days.
0: It was the only thing to do. Bruce examined him. He was sure he was dead.
3: Mr. Benson is the more to this enlightening and magnanimous document. What else has dear father left for us to do?
5: Bruce must call in a consulting physician to make doubly certain that I am in reality dead. This you did not do, Bruce. Don't worry, Benson. He's dead. Philip is to see that the door of my tomb is never locked. Vivian must faithfully keep all my belongings intact against my possible return from the tomb. Seth is to be responsible for keeping lighted torches in my tomb both day and night. And my nephew Robert is to see that all the others keep the provisions of this my last will and testament.
1: By the time the lawyer reads the will, they've already broken everything. <laughs>
4: Oh my god! And he reminds us of that too.
1: But, but we, now awarded? Now? Now you're
0: telling
1: me? <laughs> <laughs> and some of this stuff is so great. Like they said, Bruce, the doctor, the guy, what was supposed to be the doctor, but you know, decided to drop out of medical school and go run around gambling and being a whore. He's like, "You must ensure that I'm dead before I get buried." And they're yelling at am like, well, it's like, What? I checked. I poked him with a stick. What do you want?" <laughs>
4: <laughs> she was like maybe we shouldn't have buried him too so soon. I'm like oh, it was like 2 days. It was <laughs>
1: when- supposed to be 5. It's supposed to be fi- 5. What, what this guy sitting around the house decomposing for? No 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 offense uncle spooky. Uncle spooky.
4: <laughs> the guy had, and then just to talk about burying, he had a great pad. It was like a really cool crypt. It was well done. Like, there was no burying. It was fine. It could have been, like, a side apartment. Room, room, exactly. It was roomy. You could have, had, like,
1: occasional furniture in there, a great sound system, a movie. Sneaking around room, hiding, coming out of the shadows. On top of everything else, this is an old Dark House movie. It's got everything. It's got the portraits with the eye holes cut out for peeping. It's got...
4: That was amazing. That was amazing.
1: That was like, that was like Millbrook. It's got a built-in crypt. It's got sneaker passages. Did I just say sneaker, sneaker passages? Uh, Did I just say sneaker passages? Sneaker passages. passages. <laughs> that's a better name for them that's a better name for them. okay surprise <laughs> very scooby-doo
4: yeah so it's but all nobody all seems to know about well they're sneaker <laughs> <laughs> i mean how do you live in a house and only like you know the killer knows the secret nobody else if you grew up in that house wouldn't you know every secret in that house i don't know i don't know i, don't know. I think those
1: were those were dad's secret
4: compartments and only dad knew about them dad Rotten no, dad Rufus Bad Rufus He just seem like an asshole He did seem like an asshole If he really wrote that well He was an asshole <gasps> well, And the he shitty too. They make a big deal Out
1: of the I Rufus B. Sinclair Being of sound mind mm-hmm.
5: I Rufus B. Sinclair Being of sound mind and body
2: <laughs> Sound mind
3: You've got to hand it to Papa Right up to the bitter end, he thrived on the ironic. it better be accepted that Papa was of sound mind when he made his will, or we'll never see a penny of his money. Now, as a doctor, were I called in for an opinion, you I would. Was... You might have become a doctor, but you didn't. As I was saying, were I called in for an opinion, I would certify that at the time Papa was sound enough to compose his will, and furthermore- Right you are, Dr. Sinclair. And that I am sufficiently competent to have certified and reported his death. Now, so would you like to have a go at that, my learned brother?
2: Lead us not into the twilight region of doubt, Dr. Sinclair.
1: They have a big argument about how sound of mind is. The lawyer's like, no, no, all of this is fine. And then he reads the rest of the, rest of the world going because that's normal.
5: <laughs> Each of you has certain phobias and certain fears as terrible as mine. And if you do not follow my wishes... I solemnly vow I shall see that each of you perishes in the manner you most dread. Abigail, to you fire is as horrible as being buried alive is to me, and flames shall be your fate if you disobey me. Bruce, my first son and the first of my many disappointments, what if your arrogant face should be disfigured hopelessly? My second son Philip, Weak, wheezing Philip, you fear being choked or smothered. If you disobey me, I shall return to see you draw your last suffocating breath. Vivian, Philip's mate, you married a Sinclair and you must bear the family responsibilities. If you fail to do so now, a watery death will fulfill your fear of drowning. My nephew Robert, who acted as I wanted my sons to act. Unless you follow my instructions, I shall take from you whatever you love most. And finally, Seth, who has loyally served me. Unless you keep my torches burning, you shall join me in the tomb. In the event that at the end of one year none of my heirs is living, the money shall go to my attorney, James Benson, to do with as he sees fit. Given this 29th day of March, 1892, etc., etc., etc. Are there any questions? I feel it's my duty to warn you that each of you has already violated the sacred trust that the deceased placed in you.
1: Follow my rules or I'll come back and murder you is not sound <laughs> <mine>.
4: <laughs> What do they call those people? Is that, is that You know where they, they just can't let go? They got to control everything. Uh-huh. Last. Yeah. Yeah. Control. they still yep. controlling. <laughs> Wouldn't they be like, rip it up, let's split it three ways, call it a night? Exactly. But... But no,
1: no, yeah. no, fart, farty pants lawyer who's like, by the way, if, if all of you are dead at the end of the year, I get all the money.
4: It's <laughs> <laughs> set up. He seems What'd so you, familiar. Where's he from? He's from um, something. He was on Dark Shadows. He was on Dark Shadows <sighs>
1: no. for a while. Yeah. What? What do play? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. Ding dong. Patrick from the Future has it right in front of him. So the actor Hugh Franklin, who played the lawyer, James Benson. And Curse of the Living Corpse was on Dark Shadows for the first season. He was only on six episodes. The character was named Richard Gardner way back in 1966. That's all I got.
4: Ding dong. Back to the show. The guy who played the brother was on. Was a big soap opera actor, too. He was on... uh mm, Oh, my... Yes, God, my... Yes. yes I lo, I lo, and I love a soap opera actor. You know me. My soaps. My stories.
1: Well, given the how this, this script is written and how the performances are, it makes sense that so... Almost everybody in this wound up in soaps. If they did mm-hmm. any more film, this is they'd want it because this is Just for the dialogue. Very soapy.
4: So then they're, uh, they're drinking, the they're boozing around. They're all, they're all going into the private corners because now they're like, what do we do now? If this is after the reading of the will? Or you still want to keep... You got some more to say about that.
1: I do want to back up for one thing. Back it up. Back it up. I, I, I need to talk about the fuck brooch. Mama's fuck brooch. <laughs> the diamond pin. She leaves behind. This whole scene is ridiculous. <laughs> This, this woman is doing a fine job as the mother, but her entire character is just to be two steps away from a complete nervous breakdown at any given time, and that's fun to watch. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you kind of almost feel bad for her a little bit because she seems the only one, like, a little broken up that he's dead and guilty and I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. My husband's gone. My kids suck. What's well, she should be because she's the one who killed him <laughs> What the fuck, Did approach. she kill him?
1: Yeah, <laughs> she has. Well, the, the 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 language is so flowery in this this soliloquy that she has. We're five minutes of the movie, and someone's having a a sized soliloquy. That's the kind of movie it is. She's like, "Oh, my darling husband, I'm returning to you this brooch. I remember when you gave it to me. I was so thrilled, but then you made me pay for it every two weeks.
0: <laughs> Once too long ago to remember." You gave me this diamond pin. So unexpected. And I might have treasured it. But that was not to be. Once every fortnight, you ordered me to wear it, reminded me of its value, used it to torment me.
1: Honey, get the fuck, brooch. Do you know how much <laughs> this cost? Shut up and suck it.
0: Oh, Rubis, no. <laughs>
1: And she says that it got to the point where she couldn't touch it anymore. And then one day she couldn't stand it and she hit it. And I'll never forget the moment when I told you it was lost because you dropped dead. (laughs) You got so mad at me, you died.
0: At last, unable to touch it, I hid it from sight. Told you it was lost like some terrible device clamped to your face closing closing contorting until the last final stroke
4: <laughs> Wow well, I did totally miss that because she, she sneaks back in she's like I'll lock up they are all go to the they'll go to the crypt they're all standing around the crypt. She's like, I lock up. You guys go ahead. And you think she's dead. That's what she did. They even show her. Put, she leaves it on top of his coffin, right? Plot point for later. It's a great
1: moment because it's such a fuck you disguised and all this flowery boohoo shit. <laughs> like, oh, uh, oh, and your face contorted and you died because I said it was lost. By the way, here it is, fucker. <laughs> <Joke> <laughs> I'll leave it. it with you.
0: I'm going to be Israeli. really sad about
1: this. Bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now In this Bleak and Barren vault I must return it to you Rufus Sinclair Everyone sucks and they all suck
4: okay. Jewelry
1: So as I mentioned earlier We don't Really get to know the heroes of the movie because we spend so much time with the villains and they're so much fun. I agree with Uncle Spooky here. The brother Bruce is a fucking hoot. He's the worst. (laughs) And Bruce, the shittiest brother, was played by Robert Milley, who went on to star on soaps like Guiding Light, All My Children, and Another World.
4: He's such an asshole. Like Dr. Sinclair. You're not a doctor. <laughs> I was almost a doctor. <laughs> oh my god, that's so bitchy. These brothers to each other. Oh, they, oh yeah, they're great. They're great. It's, <laughs> but
1: he looks like Clark Gable, and he's serving Red Butler, Cad,
4: aka Harvey Corman a little. <laughs> You're not wrong.
1: You're not Harvey Corman as Red Butler. Actually, All right, right, like a snegly, right.
4: little snegly. And he had some of my favorite quotes Oh my god, totally did My god, I get a
1: lot of them The will's not even being read yet And he's got his tongue down the maid's throat The
4: cook's
0: throat (laughs) No, no, not now
3: Noblesse oblige Now that I am master, I can do what I please When I please And where I please Are you so callous as to deny rank its privilege? Or so fickle as to have forgotten our nights in the kitchen? Bathing desire under a full
4: moon. Um, in front of everybody, he like, doesn't care who sees. The mother walks in, it's like just totally puts his this maid's job in jeopardy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know he's like she's like a fuck puppet. He's the master of the house, Uncle Spooky. Mm, but you can tell he's gonna be just as rotten as the father. Because he's just he just kind of treats her rotten. I look at it and I thought it before, like he's really punching down. This guy, he's he's like he's kind of like he's just taking advantage of this plot. And she seems like she you know she's into it because what else she's got? She's got nothing. She's not bright. <laughs> she's not bright, and she's she's played pretty dumb. Like she's looking pretty. She's just got a dumb look too, a little bit. Poor thing.
1: If it was the Hammer movie, she'd be the peasant girl that got eaten by the vampire in the first half. <laughs> first half hour of the movie.
4: Mm, a lot more cleavage too. She would have showed oh, maybe. Did absolutely. she was showing? She had. She was. She was definitely like that. Yeah kind of pretty. Pretty, let's be honest. She was a pretty blonde. She had her hair done real nice to be,
1: to be a servant girl, I gotta say.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta say like a lot of...
1: The other one's wearing that shitty bonnet and you're getting to wear this outfit. Well, then again, mm-hmm. if this guy's the master of the house and if he takes her after his dad, I'm sure dad was totally fine with that.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I want you to wear your hair like this and I want you to cut
4: down here. So Anthony he makes out with her, like it's just, ah, don't worry about it. Nobody cares. The mother
0: walks mother, in and please. she's like... please. <laughs>
4: she's like, nothing. She says nothing.
3: Bruce! <laughs> Oh, mother, I was just about to go in for the um, festivities.
4: <laughs> and uh, But she's like, you're still working, bitch. Take off my coat. Hang it up. And then she just kind of gives it this lick of death. <laughs> not mm-hmm. saying anything. Moves on. I like that. Well,
1: I'm sure she had to do that with her husband all the time, too. Mm-hmm. Walking in on shit, and I'm
4: just not going to say a goddamn word. But servants are tough. What do you do when your servants are screwing like your kids and you can't find them? I don't know that. <laughs> you murder them. That's oh, of course, you do. of course. They're disposable. <laughs> That's true. That's true. you're actually not wrong.
1: Apparently that did happen a lot. <laughs> so then, yeah. So, they get leave nothing. Him for cuz I do want to talk about Roy Scheider, a bit. Roy Scheider is um Oh shit.
4: Drunk to I his character's name. Psst.
1: Hey, dumbass. It's me, the Gargoyle. Roy Scheider's character's name is Philip. Why is this stupid? Back to this show. Roy Scheider is the sickly brother which hinted at that he used to be sickly. We don't see any of that. Roy Scheider's the drunk. Keep boozing
4: it up. He's all over the place. Every chance he gets. There's a nice little reveal about that later. He had one of my favorites. He's like, like, oh, poor father. How I'll miss the
1: thump, thump, thumping of his cane.
2: Papa's threats can't harm me now. No longer need I lie cowering in my bed. Listening to him, thump, thump, thump with his cane. No longer need I swallow his abuse.
1: (laughs) Because it made me think, "Where's
4: my cake, Bedelia?" (laughs) 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 Where it? I want it. (laughs) Makes me think haunting of Hill House that the old lady like banging on the. Banging uh, on the walls for the aid yeah, to the come thump, get her. The
1: thumping of his came ordering me
4: to swallow his abuse. I'm like, whoa, okay. Whoa. That's amazing line. I did not write that one down. He's married to Vivian. Gorgeous Vivian. Wife of the director, Vivian.
0: They <laughs> hate
4: each other, too. They hate each other. In fact, one of her lines that I wrote down is You disgust me.
0: You disgust me. <laughs>
4: She says, <laughs> with a lot of. Aw,
1: thank you, honey.
4: <laughs> you disgust me.
1: Vivian's whole job in the movie is to put perfume on in the mirror and touch her decolletage a lot. <laughs> 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 She's just, I get it, you're vain and you're horny, because that's how you indicate that in the movie. She puts on more perfume.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: but I think it's great because it's the night after the wills read, and we see her for the first time in front of her vanity mirror, d- dotting, dotting the perfume on her neck and her her sort parts.
4: And she's clearly looking to get it on. Mm-hmm. And she is dressed for bed. Dressed for bed. This outfit—you can't sleep in this outfit. This <laughs> is like. Uncle Spooky
1: That's not a sleeping outfit mm-hmm, sure that's wasn't That's a different Kind of activity act. No Cause mm-hmm. she walks in She's like Hi honey." And he's like I'm drunk it's like, Oh fuck <laughs> God damn
0: it It's getting late Are you gonna sit there All night
2: Splendid idea The body Is a long Insatiable Tube In need of Drink And relaxation
6: Sometimes you're
2: the most revolting person I know. Philip Sinclair, you are uncompromisingly, obscenely revolting.
0: Get ready for bed.
2: Thy tongue and my flask shall comfort me. You're disgusting. But
1: you know, in the night after a funeral, <laughs> things and feelings are hot, more expressed. It's a celebration of life. hmm. You're still here. I get out of the park. We're rich now. So, We're rich now. I've never.
4: Well, okay, I'll go downstairs and fuck your brother. How's that? Uh, that's a fun little reveal too. Because <laughs> she floats on downstairs and has this little tit tat tat. And then the saying he's such a cock tease. or is he? Is that what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> God does it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that whole control freak thing. He's he's
1: like, yeah. I'm gonna keep begging you and begging you and as soon as you want it. I'll be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: They just have this hot head game with each other. Bruce, we mustn't. <laughs> but then he does that whole like Scarlett Hara, You know, uh, she's like, "Okay, kiss me," and she closes her eyes, and he looks at her, and he doesn't kiss her. Does one of those moves, which is such a fuck you.
3: The night is fraught with incense and diaphanous ladies flitting about staircases in flight from their husbands. <sighs>
0: Oh, I beg you, Bruce.
3: Patience,
1: my dear. Patience. <laughs>
4: Patience, my pet.
1: Fuck you! You were just begging me ten seconds ago.
4: You got me all heated up, and now you're like, mm, nah. Such a mean and the trick.
1: Thing is, we skipped a bit because it's difficult. I mean, I'm all over the place. But the thing is, I realized watching it a second time through, I go, he's doing the scene with her. He's hitting on her and he's got dead maid sniz on his peepee parts because he just fucked the maid. He's coming from fucking the maid in the graveyard.
4: Oh, ah, that's right. Which was rotten. But so that, was my, that was my third favorite line. When, uh, because, because, so he's got no money, and he he talks to the mother, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I left the expensive brooch on the, you know, on the coffin." He's like, "What?"
3: Look, I've got to have some money right away. My creditors are after me. You must have something of value, something I can put them off with.
0: All I had was that diamond pin, and I gave it back.
3: Gave it back, but you said it was lost. Well, wasn't that what brought on his final seizure?
0: I couldn't stand it any longer. I hid it and said it was lost. When you all left the tomb, I... I went back to return it. I put it on his coffin.
3: On his coffin? Maybe it's still there.
0: <laughs> Leslie. Decided
3: to claim it. Calm yourself, Mother. You better go upstairs and get some rest. There's, um, there's something I must attend to.
4: So he decides because he needs, he's got creditors. He's gonna sneak back into the, the, the crypt and grab the brooch. So who's he bring with him? The hot maid. Drags her out Well, if you're going to go all the way out there You might as well bang Right, so he brings her And, and she's like, wait, where are we going? What's this? And he's like, it's a path to pleasure Ruth,
0: Kiss me
3: Not now
6: Why, a girl might be offended You didn't call it a waste of time when
3: There's a time to love And a time to attend to important business
2: but, but this is the path to the graveyard.
3: To the end of the rainbow. To riches. To dreams. A path to pleasure.
1: <laughs> That's the path to the graveyard. The path to the end of the rainbow. To dreams. To riches. The path
4: to pleasure. Gorgeous. Ridiculous. Right. So then he drags her out
3: there
0: I'm frightened I never did like it out here
3: Who's master now? Nothing's going to happen Nothing you won't like, my dear
4: They do do the deed
3: And he's like, wait here It would seem advisable for us to return to the house separately
6: Oh, no, I, I don't want to go back alone
3: Nonsense Wait here five minutes and follow me
2: here in here? Well, of course.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you stay here. I'm going back. But we got—we don't want to look big too. Let's give it like five minutes. You could have let her go first.
1: Everybody knows.
4: <laughs> Everybody now knows.
1: discretion? You
4: just—you just <laughs> had your tongue down my throat in front of your mother. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Oh, we got
4: a shock. It's known. Everybody knows you're not married. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe fucking her on top of your father's tomb might
4: be a bit much. Worse than <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, and there's a, there's a price to be paid for that. That I felt bad. This is another one of my punching down, like, you know, going for the maid. She seems bad. She got like, what'd she get? Three silver dollars. She's lucky. Three silver dollars and a scorching case of syphilis. Thanks, Bruce. I'm so sure that he as a doctor couldn't heal because he's not a real doctor. (laughs) He wasn't a very good doctor. It's a doctor philosophy. Um, (laughs) And watching this, watching this stalking slash scene, because somebody, this is interesting. I just thought of this. Somebody locks her in. Doesn't she goes, she's in there and doesn't somebody lock her in? But then the killer's inside with yep. her, so I, I just yep. thought of that. Those well, two, two people, I think I the lock
1: was on the inside too, because mm. you, you want a crypt that you can lock from
4: the inside. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: The guy was afraid of being buried alive, and if thinking was well, somebody would be buried alive, you also wants to be able to lock it from inside because there's more to be. Destroyed. I got nothing. I got nothing. This whole scene is weird because it's it, it's it's a in the crypt. It's one room. As you realizes there's somebody else in there and it feels like there should be chasing and there's not chasing. She's just kind of standing there.
4: Nobody. It's weird. It's weird. I, it's like, use the coffin, go around the coffin. You could just go around the coffin all night long, <laughs> stand on the other side of the coffin. Boom, boom. You know what I mean? Like Have, that was you, like, have you never seen a Warner brothers cartoon? Oh my God. That's <laughs> dip, 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 but, dip, dip. <laughs> so she's locked in his room. He creeps up on it. He t- his cane turns out to be a, like a sword knife thing that he un- unleashes. And and as a kid, as a seven-year-old kid watching this in late-night TV by myself, this was terrifying. Something mm. about this was absolutely, I mean, watching it now was kind of, you know, it was sad to go back to actually because as a child, this was the shit. This was such a creepy scene to me because it was a creepy guy Pre blonde maid, she didn't stand a chance. You knew she was like the first killing, she was dead. And she is. They don't show you exactly what happens. You but find something out. Something bad right? happens to her. And then we go, we cut. But I also
1: realized that the way it's it's the scene is edited, you realize that the killer is in there with them the whole time. Because at some point during when they're when they're when they're smooching on each other, they cut to the his eyes like, what? He's like, I'm gonna have to be stuck in here and watch them bone.
4: I don't remember that. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it was a mercy killing at that point. He's like, listen, he just gave you something
4: awful that there's no cure for yet. And then Chop I think when he goes back and he has that scene with the wife, with his brother's wife, I think that's possibly where we get the next one. Mm-hmm. He says she says something like Sometimes you're the most revolting person I know. (laughs) Oh, only sometimes. sometimes? Only sometimes. (laughs) That's where where the bookcase of surprises come, right? Bookcase of surprises. But she's like, "I'm just gonna get a book. I'm not not gonna get fucked. I'm gonna book. I'm gonna go get a book." So it's this big, yes, and then then
1: he implies, "Like, well, you're wearing an awful, you're wearing." You're wearing an awfully freely nightgown and an awful lot of perfume just to be reading a book. What kind of book are you looking for, sweetie? I'm like, so did you just ask her you're looking for something to rub out to? Wow. (laughs) Well, that's what she's doing. She got all all dressed up to fuck. He's drunk. (laughs) These
4: were tough times. I
0: was just going downstairs for a book.
3: About perfume nights and ladies ravished by swooning admirers. What's the matter? His brother Philip lost his touch. Mm -hmm. Ladies in distress should always anchor in safe ports. You have many talents, Vivian, but I never guess reluctance to be one of them.
0: Shall we call it patience? In a short time, Philip will receive his inheritance and dissolve like the mist into a sea of alcohol.
1: I'll go spooky. My listeners know that two of my favorite words. He has a line that has two of my most favorite words in it. Let me hear. Fraught and diaphanous. Ugh, diaphanous. What, tell me the sentence. One of the scream queens' rules that I've learned about horror movies is when somebody shows up in a diaphanous gown, shit is about to go crazy. Diaphanous means gauzy, kind of see-through. Anything in a Hammer horror movie where they're walking down a hallway with a, with a with a lantern and a flowing nightgown—that's diaphanous. <laughs> That gown she has on is not diaphanous at all Because the spikes and the the ruffles But he says
3: The night is fraught with incense And diaphanous ladies flitting about staircases In flight from their husband
4: (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that one That was my number four (laughs) This whole situation is fraught With tension (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Fraught with incense night is froth with incense and before that he's got another great line when she's floating she comes down the stairs and uh, he kind of corners her and this is when you find out there's something going on between them and he's like ladies in distress should always anchor in
3: safe ports ladies in distress should always anchor in safe ports
1: Honey, there ain't nothing safe about that port. No, mm-hmm. there there are sharp rocks. There are sharks, <laughs> and that wasn't an even bigger There's line that was kind of
4: like size of your head, as much as I had space to write. Oh, so then he does the thing that we
1: thought like, It looks like they're gonna hook up, but then he's like, "Yeah, no, bye." And he always off to bed. Poof! It's the next morning. It's
4: breakfast time. What's for breakfast, Uncle Spooky? <laughs> Why is breakfast taking so long? First of all, he's like, he's like, what's taking so long with this breakfast?
3: Letty! Where's my breakfast? Where's Letty?
6: Begging your pardon, sir. That's why I came up from the kitchen. Letty hasn't been there this morning, and her bed wasn't slept in. I don't like what's going on around here.
4: And then uh, and then that's, the old maid comes in. She says, listen, I'm not going to work here anymore. I don't think I'm, I'm over this.
6: <laughs> if, it, uh, if it pleases Mr. Sinclair, uh, I think I'll believe leaving.
3: It pleases Mister Sinclair to have his breakfast. Now go back to your kitchen and fetch it.
6: Yes, sir. Ah, that would be the dumb waiter. Letty must have returned.
2: Well, uh, well, what are you waiting for?
6: E- yes, sir.
4: And and there's like, oh wait, there's the dumb waiter. So the dumb waiter comes up, brings it out, serves it up. It's all covered up, pulls it up, and what's there? The maid's head.
3: word to anyone you understand yes sir i'll go back to your kitchen
6: down down there that's where that came from i'm going to my room to pack
0: my things
4: kind of a good scene Maybe possibly one of the better scenes in the movie. So wonderfully
1: corny. So wonderfully corny. And everybody is shockingly cool about a severed
4: head showing up on a plate. Oh, I know. They really are. And then, <laughs> then he covers it up and he tells the maid, you keep your mouth shut. Don't <laughs> tell anybody about this. <laughs> like the like maid's going to like get the biggest mouths in the whole world. She's going to, because you know she's going to have to pick up her slack. <laughs> I was going to explain this. Oh, yeah. Then he recovers it, waits for the next waits for her, uh her sister-in-law that is kinda <laughs> having the affair with to show up. And he does a little, you know, and she's like, mm, what's for breakfast? And he's like, well, I'll just check.
3: Would you prefer a different menu? Oh
0: my god, cover it up, do
3: something! Precisely what I intend to do. And you're going to help me.
4: She pulls back. There's the head. She does a whole big screaming scene. And he kind of yells at her a little bit, like it's her fault. And he's like, we got to get rid of the body, which I don't understand at all. I mean, why do they have to get rid of the body? So like, you better go change into your riding habit because we're going to have to go do some dirty work. Good question.
1: Ding-dong, Patrick from the future here, the answer was right here, but for some reason Uncle Spooky and I could not remember. What it boils down to is that, okay, the maid's dead, which means somebody killed her. If somebody killed her, it's probably Papa, and if Papa's alive, that means we don't get any money.
3: If the police drop in and start snooping around, they may get the idea that Papa's still with us, and if they do, then Papa's will will be declared invalid, and you wouldn't like that, would you, Vivian, my love? Without money, what good are dreams? (sighs) Just do what I say
4: I think he convinces his Like the a... diamond pin, right? He found the diamond pin, didn't he? On the floor Which was kind of like Oh, that meant the coffin was open But nobody really kind of Didn't really think about that He found the diamond pin Because he let
1: Bloody think for a split second That she was getting it
3: Look here, Letty Now do you know why we came here?
0: Oh, it's beautiful
3: You're not so frightened now, are you?
0: Is it for me?
3: Perhaps Perhaps one of these days, if you serve your master well.
0: Oh, that is was it
4: for me? Like, he's like, yeah, perhaps. if you're Maybe in the future, if you're really good. Which is probably what he did to the mother, right? It's going to your creditors. You already told us that. Oh, my God. 100%. He's a, he's a player. She's
1: never getting that. This, Yeah, you're right. This is probably exactly what he did with the mother. Yeah, oh, you want it. You want it? You mm-hmm. want it? Dance mm-hmm. for it. Maybe. Maybe. maybe Dance it's for it to like us. the monkey in Candace's apartment. <laughs>
4: So, which kind of brings us to our next amazing scene? Yes, one of the things I like about this movie too is the exterior scenes because they're bleak.
1: It's like the story about rich people. You'd think that the landscape would be gorgeous and well sculpted, and it's it's barren, bare. All the trees are dead. It's it's a great, great location. I like
4: nice. I kind of like that for atmosphere. That was great. Here's another one-liner before the head in the. Dumb Raiders revealed he's waiting for he's waiting for breakfast. And, you know, his maid, that he's been bonking, isn't bringing it. So he gets a little cunty line of show a girl a little attention. And the first thing she thinks is it gives her license.
3: Show a girl a little attention. And first thing she thinks it gives a license.
4: Unbelievable. What a dog. After that romantic night in the crypt. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Where I taunted her with a brooch. How dare she be late with. Breakfast.
4: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right, horseback ready to get rid of the body. The two of them go up. She's, now she's in a very complicated riding outfit. You know, a little, little habit, fancy hat. And uh, they go, and he makes her hold the head. He's like, yeah,
3: hold this. Uh, here, my dear. Hold on to it, will you?
4: Here. <laughs> they very carefully show him picking up the body, but without showing that there's that there's no head, because yeah. she still has a head on, but they're kind of editing it so that you can't see her head. Yeah. And, you know, puts his body, puts it on her horse. (laughs) And she's like, hey,
1: this isn't my dead fuck servant. This is your Uh, dead fuck servant.
4: You earned this bitch.
1: So when he gave her the head, it reminded me of Mel Brooks in History of the World Part 1. He's like, watch this. (laughs) Watch this. Piss boy.
4: (laughs) Piss boy, exactly. So then the where do they go? Where do they take a ride out to?
1: <laughs> the quicksand that you have in
4: Connecticut. <laughs> Which was something that always terrified me as a kid. I always thought there was going to be- Me too. Me too. I say this all the time. that 70s movies made me think
1: that growing up, that obscene phone calls, peeping Tom and quicksand were going to be a much bigger part of my life and none of them have really paid off. Much more exciting time. <laughs> <laughs> and
4: the Bermuda Triangle. and the, Oh my God. And Loch Ness. <laughs> Nessie. <laughs> All of these things are coming for you. So they get there and they and he's got another flowery line. Cause she's like, what are we doing here? Like, what, what are you going to do here? You got, did you write this down? Well, they throw the head in and the body is just sitting here. And she goes, why is it taking
1: so long?
0: Why does it take so God awful long to sink?
3: Slower to heal perhaps, but much more reliable than a woman. Quicksand never reveals its innermost secrets.
4: <laughs> Quicksand never reveals its innermost secrets.
3: <laughs> Gorgeous. Gorgeous.
4: I had to listen to it three times to write the whole thing down. <laughs> I didn't want to miss a word of it.
1: Here in <laughs> Connecticut, you could have called it what it was. You could have called it a bog, and mm-hmm. that would have been fine. <laughs> Quicksand in the middle of a field of Connecticut, not happening, it. but it's okay. It's okay. Kids would know what a bog
4: was. So we're going to call it the A.K.A. Murder Puddle. Listen,
1: I am Rufus B. Sinclair. If I want a plot of land with quicksand on it, I shall have it.
4: I shall not be fixing that. By the chin of my creepy chin beard. Which is so quicksand creepy, so the head and the body sink. And then they, uh, I don't know, they kind of take their time to leave because someone's watching. Someone's watching from behind the trees in a very, in a very blending outfit. This guy blends right into the scenery. Not...
3: Nah. What the devil's name are you doing here?
2: I was going to light the master's torches, like his will said.
3: Did you see or hear anything unusual at the tomb? I haven't been to the tomb. I just the second came from the house. I didn't know it was you and Mrs. Philip. Well, off with you. I'll take care of the torches. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. I'll sleep better tonight.
1: How people keep surprising people in this scene, in the field, because like I said, it's barren. There's nothing. There's not a leaf on a tree. There's nowhere to hide. But they're keeping like, oh, another person. People keep
4: popping out. So she's sitting on her horse, and she's like, come on. Let's get the fuck out of here. And the creepy murderer guy comes up behind her. And what does he do? Does he kill her? No. He smacks the ass of the horse and sends her flying. So she's not ready. So she's bouncing all the way home. Flipping out, screaming, bouncing all the way home. But now the other guy's all by himself. Bruce. And what's Bruce's biggest fear? My face. Not my face. Anything but the face, which I, I, I'm I prone to agree with. <laughs> Don't fuck the face. But he, was he even get on the horse yet? No, he's trying to get on the horse, or he's about to get on the horse. Somebody else is on the horse. The killer's hitting him with the with the um, not not the whip. What he called the riding crop. The riding crop. Riding
1: in the face, slash slash slash, fucking his face up. And what I thought, what I thought, every, with every whip of the riding of the riding crop, he keeps hitting a pose, and it's like jazz
4: hands, vote. jazz hands, vote. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we'll block the face, buddy. <laughs> it's a little bit of job, but that's not enough him working his
1: angles he's finding his corners it was like it was like america's next top model photo shoot it was fabulous fabulous
4: death by jazz ed then what do they do to him then what do they do this is kind of freaky to me actually because i can see kind of people still doing this today with cars and stuff and just every now and then you hear about somebody who dies this way and it's always like ow ow that's that sounds like a horrible way to go what happens
1: time to the horse's tail and take him for a drag
4: And so he's gets so he's on the on the ground getting dragged for a couple of miles back to the house, and he's not in good condition. He's like a bigger racer that's been ground down. (laughs) And meanwhile, uh,
1: Vivian has arrived back at the house on her wild her own wild horse ride, and she is having a meltdown and nobody cares. He
6: made me hold it. He made me hold it.
0: <laughs> She's lost her reason. Betty is dead. Murdered. Her head was on a platter. Her body
4: was. Oh.
1: <laughs> he
4: made me hold it. Oh girl, I bet he did. Not in good shape. And then what happens? The maid comes in, or somebody comes in, and they're like, blah 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 dead. And they're like, are you sure? And they're like, well. I think so. <laughs> I can't really tell cuz his face. When they say something like that, hook him with a stick. <laughs> If,
1: if only there was a doctor here to tell if he was dead. Someone who's almost a doctor would be able to determine whether or not he's dead or not. Ding dong. patch from the future here. I just want to point out, you know, as I say often when I'm editing these things, I catch things when I just hear the audio without the visuals. It occurs to me now that Vivian shows up at the house after this attack. She's attacked by this strange man in a hat and a cape who sends her on this wild horse ride who is left alone with Bruce and she hears screaming. She doesn't say, hey, some guy attacked me. I think Bruce is a tra- she's like, oh, he made me hold it. Oh, he made me carry an icky dead body. Me, me, me. It's all about me. And right when the scene where this maid comes in and says, the, the horse just dragged up and Bruce is attached to it and I think he's dead. They all go back to check. The mother, the mother never misses an opportunity to make it all about her either because she has a fantastic overwrought scene over Bruce's dead body.
0: <laughs> Good God. I was always so afraid
2: wait your diamond pin
0: I, 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 I left it on the coffin So the whole thing
1: is that these people, everybody's getting bumped up, and they think that their father is still alive. That's the gaming. Mm-hmm. of this. That's the living corpse that they think that he's being, they're being stalked, and that he was buried alive, like he was always afraid he was getting.
4: Now he's pissed off that we all broke the rules, and we're all gonna pay. I think about here now. We're coming down to the eyeball portrait scene because the mother's very upset. Well,
1: she's always upset, but now she's particularly
4: upset. Yeah. Well, now the, because now the cops, have, the cop, the cops have been brought uh, in. The bumbler's. These are the worst cops ever Because there's kind of supposed to be like a little bit of Which is very bizarre There's supposed to be like the comic relief <laughs> There to help and They are no Painfully help. not funny
2: Then Mr. Sinclair must be found Where was he last seen? Alive Living or dead, we're not quite certain which I found it, I found it I found it, Chief Right where I thought it would be The corpse? No, the stable
3: well, what about the caretaker?
2: Nobody there. The place was empty.
3: Well, keep on looking for him.
4: Painfully really not funny. Not helping the film. Not helping the murderer. Not helping any. Matter of fact, they kind of like. I think one's like asleep as one just casually creeps right past him. Yeah, because he's like drunk. He's uh, him. This is him?
1: The big bumbling one. The thing is, Uncle Spooky mentioned earlier that the costumes in this are quite good, and they are. Uh, that's one of the things that surprised me in that a movie like this, normally I'd be expecting to see the community theater ye olde timey costumes, for like mm-hmm. nothing for a particular period, nothing matches type of thing. Everything looks good. Every, everybody
4: has their own particular look and their signature character things. And then these cops. come <laughs> in, <laughs> And they are wearing something else entirely. They're from a entirely different period. Completely different movie than from a Keystone cop movie. And like the guy's helmet doesn't match his jacket.
1: It's it's I'm like, you're you are you can you let this go on film? This is captured forever with you looking like an
4: asshole. <laughs> you look <laughs> stupid you're dumb. I'm out of the movie. And the other one's dressed as like uh, Sherlock Holmes kind of Sherlock Holmes <laughs> He's got the whole jacket. All he needed was a little pipe that blew bubbles. <laughs> I can't believe he didn't have it. He did did he I think he even had the hat, right? He had the hat. Yeah, that's born the other way, but it
1: was still hat. Um, anyway, they're terrible. They're, they're just getting in the way. And you there's something there's something I don't understand from this point on is why we're staying here. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. don't these people live? like it's kind of insinuated that nobody can leave because Bruce took the horses and the horses never came back. They took the horses uh. from the carriage.
4: Those them, Where You're are right. we?
1: How far away from anywhere but the cops? Why is the lawyer still here? It's been days. Go home. I better not be getting billed hours for this. The food sucks. Head again. Uh. <laughs> head again. Uh, made head again. Yuck. It's a breakfast omelet. I'm Letty. I'm I'm I got nothing. That was that was a stretch. That was a stretch. Her name was Letty. So she's an omelet. The joke wasn't funny enough. I'm going to explain it for 10 minutes. This is why what I said was hilarious. Yeah. So you're talking about the the mother is particularly ruined. No comfort to be having the cops. No comfort to be having the lawyer. She's convinced her husband's back from the dead. Her kids And what's her big fear?
4: Fluttering (laughs) curtains. (laughs) She's got a big fluttering curtain fear.
1: Fluttering curtains could go too close to a candle and catch on fire. (laughs) <laughs> she's afraid of being burned alive And now she's so freaked out She's like break up all the fireplace Lori's like well isn't it going to get cold She's like I don't care
0: There are certain changes I would like made as soon as possible Higher lightning rods In the event of storms And I would like to have all the fireplaces bricked up
5: But what will you do for heat Has your fear of fire I would
0: rather endure the cold All I want is
5: peace of mind. As you wish.
0: (laughs) She's
4: like, I don't care. I'll burn the servants.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the mom's all distraught. and You know, it's time to go to bed. She can't possibly be left alone because she's endangered. She's sure she's the next to be killed. I don't know why the cops can't stay with her I guess that would be indecent But she says Vivian, Vivian, please spend the night with me And Vivian's like, uh, I'm in mourning Cause like my husband just died and stuff, so I can't possibly, sorry And Roy is like I'll do it mother, I'll stay with you And he's not in the room with her for five minutes Before he's like, excuse me, uh I gotta go get something And I forgot downstairs And I'm talking about a bottle of scotch
0: Philip, where are you going? Relax you promised you'd stay.
2: I'm merely getting something to keep me warm.
0: Oh, there's, there's a blanket on the chaise.
2: Something liquid to keep my innards warm.
1: This little fucker never comes back. Phil stay with her for 15 seconds. He's like, fuck this, I'm out. I'm going to get drunk with the hefty constable instead.
2: Since I'm not your man, do you mind if I go inside and pour myself a drink? Oh, uh, not at all. Sir, if it would ease your doubts, uh, I'd be glad to give it a little taste. Uh, That's official procedure, just to make sure it hasn't been tampered with. Right you are, Constable. Cheers. As I understand it, if the taster encounters difficulty, then the intended victim shouldn't drink it. Right you are. You don't mean poison. Perhaps we should investigate. Since we're not allowed to have a fire, this is the next best thing.
4: So then she's laying in bed. First she gets a fluttery curtain fear, right? And then somehow she goes back to bed. And then the killer creeps in with my always favorite, I thought would be much more fun dating growing up, with the, the juicy stuff you put over somebody's mouth, <laughs> the knockout juice. Chloroform. Which you don't see that much today. Can you get that in like a, a pharmacy? Like How do you get your hands on that stuff? Uh, that was kind of Nobody fun. answer
1: that question. Please, nobody tell Uncle Spooky how to
4: get chloroform. No. I'm not uh, a strong person. I don't like a big fight. So, you know what I mean? Like a little creepy no, up there on was, the side eh? there. It's funny that you mentioned that because there was a, okay, just, sand, side
1: tangent, sidebar. Side when I was a kid, <laughs> I remember reading some kid's book. I want to say it was Beezus and Ramona. One of those series of books. And They were talking about how when they would be brought around the house and they had nothing to do, they would chloroform each other. And I was fascinated.
4: (laughs) Oh, my God. This sounds so much fun. This sounds so fun. I know. This is amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) I mean, I would love to go to a chloroform party where just everybody's hanging out and somebody would walk around with a bottle and creep up behind people and just knock them out. <laughs> and then you would be carried to a couch where you would recover. But I mean like you know everyone would draw dicks on your face. It'd be great. Set <laughs> <laughs> you on fire. <laughs> so or, that. Thing or, that. or that. So this is kind of a brutal scene, actually. So it she goes down in bed. Somebody comes in with one of them hot water lamps, Start sprinkling <laughs> around the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and sets <laughs> it on. that's how fire works. <laughs> Then throws a match on her and doesn't like burn her right away. It kind of burns around her, so she so she gets a big dose of that fear that she didn't like. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, because he, he wants to
4: make sure that she wakes up and knows where she is and that she's tied up and that nobody's coming to help. It, it's the fear. Uh, tied up. I mean, that's that's kind of part two of the uh, chloroforming, the tying up, burning's optional you you like? That's the third thing. So <laughs> next Sunday <laughs> Spookorama is going to be wild. <laughs> <laughs> chloroform. That's the name of my next party. Not chloroform. Those are different. Chloroform. <laughs> I think I did close book.
1: See everybody see, it'd be great at Go Spooky because everyone'd be watching the movie, so no one would notice you sneaking up. <laughs>
4: oh my god! Right. So easy. Instead of just going boo in their ear. <laughs> but you have to be really careful because I, I, I've I heard you can put yourself out with this stuff. Because you're like, oh, what's this much you're, you're out. <laughs> you are got to be very careful not to knock yourself out. Worst chloroform party ever. Which kind of brings us to our third goriest scene in the movie, maybe. Because she's got a pretty good burnt yeah. face, right? It's pretty, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, no, so it, it's,
1: it's like exactly, a qualming. No, because you have to because you have to have the whole cast busting in to try to save her, but nobody can save her to give her hope that maybe she's getting out of there yeah, I'm not getting out of
4: this. Just a lot of smoke. I think the house would have been ruined by then, right? would they just couldn't the whole thing just burn down what are Nobody de- leaves Nobody Let's just stay for another three days in this house with a
1: dead like nine dead bodies and half the, the whole wing burnt out. Everyone's fine. We're fine. We're fine. I, don't know, I think I'll take a bath. How about that? Okay. (laughs) Through all that. We talked about Candace Hillegas being in this, and she's barely in it. She's the husband, she's the wife of
4: one of the sons that we know nothing about. Of of this other loser, of this other character, the the cousin that's kind of the good guy, but only because he doesn't say any bitchy lines. Yes. But I realized this last time through uh, in the reading of the will uh, to Robert. The only
1: one of my sons who behaved like one of my sons. (laughs) Is that I will take away the thing you like the most. Is that a good thing or a bad
4: thing? Does that mean I'm the most like you? Right. Right. That's I don't think because they do kind of set it up like he, like like these are the lesser characters. Like, I mean, I was thinking him or the lawyer. Yeah. Gotta be the killer. Yeah. But this scene, there's a scene with Candace
1: Hilligoth and Vivian, again in the mirror with the purview. There has been a horrific murder There have been several horrific murders The matriarch of the house Was burned alive in her bed The night before And Ken is like Wouldn't it be fun if we dressed up for our husbands And be pretty for them tonight?
0: (laughs) I'd like to go away on a long trip Far away to somewhere I've never been before I know Why don't we both dress up Perhaps Philip will see things differently and Robert too. That's a wonderful idea. Here, I forgot you're still in mourning. Oh, Curse this mourning, curse this
6: house. Curse this constantly living under a cloud of gloom. Curse everything. Maybe if I get dressed up, Philip will look at me as he once did. Maybe.
1: <laughs> Are you an idiot? And that gives that gives Vivian a, an excuse to put on more perfume and then decide to take a bath.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I throw that
1: perfume. <laughs> that was digging so up the house. <laughs> I smell like a
4: servant whore. <laughs> so while they're out hunting around, oh everybody else goes hunting around, but except for the, that that we A character we've not mentioned yet. I guess the favorite servant, the guy who was supposed to keep the torches lit in the crypt. Seth, that was his name? Yeah. So he sneaks back in. I guess now he's going to try to light up the torches, catch up. But it's too late for Seth. I took another example of punching down, kill the servants. Kind of felt bad for him. He broke broke the rule.
1: He said, keep the torches lit. So if I wake up, I won't be in the dark. You didn't do it die the rules were simple
2: he's got no reason to be after me don't be too sure you put out the torches you're one of us now
4: and and he he fucked that up like immediately too right because he didn't keep it
1: from the beginning okay spoiler everybody the father is not back from the dead. There's an actual live murderer that's knocking everybody else off in the wheel. That's an extra dollar that goes back into that kitty that you get. <laughs> like the last person standing gets that extra dollar from Seth. That's
4: one whole American silver dollar. We're getting a little better look at the killer each time because it's just a little silk, like you know, bandana tied around his face, mm-hmm. you know, with the rest of the costume. So you're getting a good look at those blue eyes. You know what I mean? Like those. there, was a, there wasn't too many people who could the bill i mean and the only thing you're thinking is that's too obvious can't be that one i don't know did you think it was did you were you would get what come we don't have to re- reveal the surprise yet but were you were you thinking oh you'd store it already right oh yeah i start i start years ago but no you're absolutely right that
1: uh the 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 body of the killer is played by the director del can del tenny who has very blue eyes Nobody in this family has... Nobody in the rest of the cast. I mean, it's a black and white movie, so you can't tell, but they they all have dark eyes.
4: But the... No, doesn't Roy have blue eyes? Hello, this is Flippy Gargoyle. I googled. Roy
1: Schardler has brown eyes. Patrick and Uncle Spooky went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth
4: for like an hour and 40 minutes. I'm going to cut that shit out so we can all get on with the show. Okay? Okay. Keep watching because we got some more fun things coming up, such as... The Bathtub... The only one I'm really rooting for is the maid. And and at this point, I'm thinking maybe she's the killer. Uh, Because she hasn't quit yet. She keeps talking about quitting. Everybody's dropping around her. I guess there's no horse to take her anywhere.
6: Constable, after last night, I'm sure that I want to leave. Have you given notice? To whom? First, I gave it to Mr. Bruce, and now he's gone. Then I asked Seth to drive me into town, and he hasn't been seen. Then I told Mrs. Sinclair, and oh, oh, that terrible fire. No, I'm telling you.
2: No, you don't.
4: It's threatening. She keeps, I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to leave. <laughs> First I told Master
1: Barry that I was leaving, and then I told your mother, and then I told Vivian, I'm not sure when it was red. And oh. now I'm telling you.
6: Oh.
4: Bitch, just go. Just go. um, Roy's from early in the movie. The body is an insatiable tube in need of drink and relaxation.
2: The body is a long, insatiable tube in need of drink and relaxation.
1: Insatiable tube is also my grinder profile. (laughs) (laughs) A mouth hole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a mouthful That was a mouthful A mouthful of insatiable tube Where are we going? Oh my god Alright, so
4: maybe it gets drowned in the bathtub And it's very violent It's quite shocking Like I said, she, you're seeing a lot but I don't know how he like, you even up one I don't know but, oh, oh, but the poor fucking maid Had to drag up all the hot water
0: Your
6: tub is ready Is it nice and warm? It is And I'll let you know I wasn't hired to heat and haul water Up two flights of stairs This time, it's final I'm given my notice Speak to my husband when he comes home. That I will.
4: So now I'm convinced it's the maid because she had to carry up the, the hot water from the top floor, and she's and then the Vivian's like, "Is it hot?" Fuck off! <laughs> and then the poor maid's like, "I've been an hour boiling the water, an hour bringing it upstairs." But now she's dead, and I, oh my god, I got to clean this up. And now she's up. dead. Ah. So she gets horribly drowned, which is you know kind of hot. Because, you know. She's naked and she's like, ah, it's, she's doing this whole like every angle of the boob, but the boob, but the nipple, and you know she's doing this squirmy fight thing. So you can, I, you can tell they were, you know, I, the director was like killing his wife with some glee. Every thirteen-year-old boy in that
1: 1964 audience was having a moment.
4: Chloroform. <laughs> You're getting so close. Bubble bath drowning. Whip in the face,
1: cut off the maid's head. And here's the thing, Uncle Spooky. I say this all the time when I see people get drowned in bathtubs in the movies. And Todd Gardner, you know what I'm about to say. You always mm. grab the ankles and pull up. It's not a
4: showing. They can't get out of that. And they did it in some movie, right? Did they do it in a... There's been several, but... The Changeling? <laughs> yes. Yes. You're
1: absolutely right. Yes, you're right. You can't get any leverage. Uh, okay, you know what? Now we're giving we're giving advice how to chloroform and murder people here today. That's what that's what the show's about. Lift the legs, writing that down. Lift up the legs. Grab the ankles, pull up. Yeah. <laughs> chloroform
4: optional. Okay, save the chloroform for another day. You can call me Uncle Creepy if you like. All right, what's next? So Ooh. now, oh, we got some almost boob, and then there's a bath. I have a bath. Oh, a bath kitten heels. Those are kind of hot. She had some... Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, those little but those Yeah. <laughs> She's got a little, little cute footwear going into that that I don't think were from the 1800s. Those, those smacked of Zaza Gabor, but who knows? Who knows? <laughs> a little feathery. What I
1: thought was fun to watch, too, before we get into the big reveal... Well, actually, this is
4: the big reveal. and it's, it's, Who's the killer? The big reveal. The the showpiece. What do they call that? The What you've all been waiting for. The centerpiece. Go ahead. What are you saying? Well, <laughs> Sorry, I just want to say, <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I want to make, I want to start talking about some analysis
1: stuff, but because the, the end of the, the finale of the movie is kind of like, man, but
4: except <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's about people. Great it's, wallowing it's, in mud scene coming up. <laughs> you know, what? when you put it that way. <laughs> poor Candace is really putting her burning her money. She's a million months pregnant, and they're throwing her in quicksand. <laughs> she's a champ. So I guess is that I guess that's to cover up the point that she's pregnant, right? Because she's like waist up. You no, know, I mean a little like maybe boob up, flailing. They throw it to kill her, kidnap.
1: It's probably December when they shot this too, because there's not a leaf on the tree. It's probably
4: cold as fuck, and they throw this poor, poor pregnant woman in a mud hole. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy comes. The, the the boyfriend comes to rescue her, and uh, he's kind of like a. I don't know. I wasn't really. I wasn't. I wasn't rooting on his odds. There It was like two. Like I don't know. We've had no time with either one two of, them. of them. are fighting, she's sinking in the mud. They've had three lines of dialogue each. I'm not
1: attached to either one of them. I don't really care. So it's not a high stakes finale. Super
4: expendable. It's revealed. Who is it? Boozy Roy Scheider. <laughs>
2: Never appreciated philip because philip was expendable because philip was sick because papa used to torment me all the time but then i get
0: everything
4: everything roich rider turns out he was drinking iced tea the whole time not alcohol there's a twist. Acting. He fooled you. He yeah. fooled you. He wasn't drunk. He was a killer. Plotting killer. He could have done that drunk, though. You know what I mean? I would have been okay with the drunk review. I would like pretend to be drunk. I just don't want to fuck you. I'm even less fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this way, all the bitchy things I can say, if, I, if, if they happen to survive, this plan doesn't work. I, all the bitchy things I just said, I could blame on the booze. Oh, I didn't mean that. I was just drunk when I called you a fat bitch and I tried to drown you. That mm-hmm. was drunk. Don't worry about it. But no. That was the most despicable um, person it, in the it's room.
4: It's been him the whole time. And- so let's hear some... So he gets a little... He gets one of those crazy last-minute speeches. The why did it? All is revealed. Mm-hmm. Very Scooby-Doo.
2: Deborah. Sweet, chaste Deborah. I hadn't intended to put you on my list. But you walked in while I... While I was helping Vivian take her bath.
4: And then somebody just pushes him in the mud. How does he end up in the mud? Somehow he's in the quicksand and nobody's helping him. And Roy goes down.
1: Could have been his career with it. They could have saved him if they were really nice people. If they're the heroes and they're the nice people, they could have saved him and had him arrested because the cops are there. They're just like, oh, no, there's nothing we could possibly do. He's slowly sinking sinking in quicksand.
4: We we could could, get everything. (laughs) But then how do you prove it? He's a murderer. All the money is ours. we have a party tonight. These cops are awesome. Get some new horses. So let's hear your What's your deep thoughts?
1: Well that's my deep thought. It's just that since it's, it's just the the podcast where Horror gets gay, I I have to infuse it where I find it, even though it's really not in the script. I'm going, I think that the way they talk about whatever his character's name is, Roy Scheider's character, I'm like, I think he was the in my mind, he was the family gay. The way they talk about him, he's the weak one, he was the sick one, mm-hmm. he was the one always oh, number two. He never wants to fuck his wife. <laughs> he's got a huge alcohol problem. He was unsatisfied.
4: Beautiful but unsatisfying. He's
1: flirting the hell off with that chubby cop. Hey, you want to come over here and get drunk with me? Ooh, you want another one? Do you want another? This is really naughty. We shouldn't be doing this. He <laughs> uh-huh, <yeah. laughs> straight up tells his mother that he needs to go downstairs and warm his insides with some liquid.
2: I'm merely getting something to keep me warm.
0: There's a blanket on the chairs.
2: Something liquid.
1: So he goes, he finds the stupid constable, and they both fill each other up with their warm liquids. Then the next day, he'll be like, Oh my God, I'm so drunk. I don't know what happened. It's all
4: right there in the script. I won't tell if
1: you and
2: don't know, tell. He had sw- what
4: do you to. And what's the line where he had to swallow his father's?
2: Cowering in my bed, listening to him thump, thump, thump with his cane. No longer need I swallow his abuse.
4: Wow. Wow. There's your big clue, I think. And he did kind of play it a little flowery, or bitchy, is he? I feel like there was a bitchy, it was Roy to doing bitchy. I don't know if you, you know, how bitchy he could go. Everyone in this movie is a huge cut,
1: as I've said. He's the only one that's really having fun uh-huh, Uh with being uh, a cut. Really enjoying He's it. He's enjoying every, every barb he throws out.
2: Vivian and Bruce, out for a ride. How charming. I'm delighted that at least one member of the family has a flair for recreation. They're probably having an exhilarating romp together.
1: Everyone else is upset at shit and try to put people down. He's just like, I'm going to, I know exactly what's going to tick you off. Ha!
3: <laughs> now, as a doctor, where I called in for an opinion, you I You was- might have become a doctor, but you didn't. As I was saying.
4: Oh, no, look how mad he's getting. Ooh, funny shit. All right, he's really working that quick scene, the quicksand scene. Like he's he's wallowing in that quicksand. He's like, whoa, quicksand, whoa, flailing, flailing in the quicksand. If they're going to put you in quicksand and give you a cape,
1: work it, work <laughs> that cape.
4: They right. don't move though. Be really still and switch quickly. I mean, that's the only thing. Like, try to f- float <laughs> I don't know if you can. That's
1: true. That's exactly what you're not supposed to do in quicksand. <laughs> the more you struggle, the, the quicker you
4: sink. It's a flail in a cape. <laughs> Curse me and my sense of fashion. So what would you think of this movie? All in all. It's not good, but it's not bad either. It's kind of a slog because it does take its time a little bit. At one point, I was 40 minutes in, and I was looking. There's another 40 to go, and I was like, okay, let's see. Let's, maybe does a pickup because it needed a little bit. A little, I, there was something, like, not suspenseful about it. It was like no, there was like no suspense, no, uh, no terror really. I mean, it's like a maybe a little kid terror, but but I mean, I, as I remember, I don't think I ever made it all the way through because the boring parts would have put me to sleep back then. Like there were some good parts, but they weren't enough to sustain me to like the next part or the, the talky bitchy. Who am I rooting for? Put me out. You're right.
1: What do you make of this? When you compare it to. The Edgar Allan Poe things—they had so much visual atmosphere going on, and the music, and tone, and wandering in corridors with the with the torch and the diaphanous gown. There's none of that here. It's just talk, 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 talk. Which I'm enjoying because it's bitchy, but it's not suspenseful. So it's bitchy, 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 bitchy death, bitchy, 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 bitchy death. Terrible comedy, terrible comedy, bitchy, bitchy death. So. Which sounds
4: great. It's a little flat on <laughs> <Like> paper. <Huh? laughs> it's sound. That's you made it sound great. <laughs> pick a little pickle <laughs> Um Yes,
1: yeah, it's it's a little it's wordy. It's also I don't mind that because it's a proto slasher. This the blueprint didn't exist for this kind of a movie.
4: It, 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 could it actually be the first? And it tried something different. And the fact that it never gets points for being the first slasher. I mean, it's never never, never mentioned. I mean,
1: who would? I mean, t- people like to say Psycho is the first slasher. I don't consider that a slasher. It's somebody
4: who stands t- people. Who's just. There's another one they talk about with the, the guy taking pictures and he's he's actually got a knife at the end of the camera. And he's killing you. Peeping Tom. P- which one came first? Psycho, Psycho came first.
1: Yeah. I mean, Psycho, Psycho built them both. I, I mean, you could also say like Agatha Christie's and then there were none as a proto slasher. If you but want this guy's to. But got
4: the kill. Like it, this one's got like the Jason, the front, the, like he's like a real kind of like a stalking presence. This killer. Yeah. He's not great, yeah. but he's got a look. He's got a, he's got a weapon of choice. He's got a, like a theme going and he's coming for you. Yes. And he's creeping around um, in the house. And he's got a strict set of rules. He, you do the things that I tell you in the will and
1: I won't kill you. Break my rules and you die. They reward, they are doomed. So a classic. My thing is, one of the things I, I also think that takes some of the fun out of it for me is that we know at the beginning, he's going to kill everybody by their worst fear. And he told us what it was.
4: Right.
1: Mm. So I'm just waiting for things to happen rather than what is it going to happen or what's it going to be? I already know. I would have liked a little bit, a
4: couple of like you know, red herrings, like somebody lighting up a cigarette next door and her like, ah, <laughs> yes. Yes. Or there's only a, like one scene of somebody standing by the bookcase and it opens, like the arm comes out and then it comes back. It needed more of that. Tons more of that. And the, like, that would have been a great way to, that would have been a great way to like grab Candace at the end too. I think Candace is like, like a, she's like walks in on the dead body in the tub and he just kind of like, I don't even know if he bothers chloroforming her. But, he, but she faints and he just picks her she's up. She's and- pregnant. <laughs> <Yeah>. Don't chloroform <laughs> pregnant people. Isn't that a how you have the baby? Chloroform in, and wake up, and you got the. I don't know. We killed the closest thing to a doctor that we had in this movie. (laughs) (sighs) But I just remember as a kid, it was kind of terrifying. This movie, and then, and I think the best thing about it is the title. Yes, of the living corpse. It's a great title. It's a great. Is the poster any good? The poster's
1: bananas, and the tagline doesn't make sense. (laughs) From out of the grave stalks the creature that undrapes the passions of the
4: living. What? This is the same guy who wrote all the other dialogue, wrote yeah. this one. Well, on drapes, the mom's afraid of drapes. She said, the mother's uh, afraid of drapes. She's afraid of being draped. gets its own color. As well as <laughs> the tagline.
1: You want the drapes to <laughs> so, pop. You know what? The drapes will be the same color as the room. They'll blend in with the walls. Basically, if it's, you read it, it the it, other way, it
4: says, The grave undrapes. That's <laughs> another, another great title. <laughs> <laughs> um it's not a great movie i the reason i
1: i don't remember ever seeing it i remember though i found out about it in like a 1983 issue of fangoria they did a whole spread on it as an early slasher movie really i wonder if i had that
4: issue remember what's on the cover there i think it's fangoria. something
1: scary from a horror movie on the cover i'm not sure
4: though i just wonder if i have it i have a bunch of old Fangorias. are they worth anything I want all this shit that's worth nothing. It's a bunch of nerds, probably. Nothing too deep about this, this one, right? Kind of straightforward. Amazing it's the same people no, it's as the straightforward uh Monster Beach one.
1: It is the same people. It's the exact same people. That's the reason the, the other reason I think it's interesting is that it's such a polar opposite
4: movie. That he was capable that's of making third movie he did too, right? Uh, yeah, I drink your blood. Is that I don't know if I've seen that one. Is that the one where he the where he poisons the hippies? That's I eat your skin. Yeah, that one's, they were on on a double bill so together. This was so movie, too,
1: right? Which I don't think I've ever seen. Yeah, I've seen it. I don't remember mm, it. it.
4: It's got to be like one. Of-
1: Can't be that good. But uh I think it's the polar opposite, and it's an interesting tone. It's it's you know it's it's different from everything else of the era. It's worth a watch. You won't hate yourself afterwards. Great
4: poster. They got good with the posters. Mm-hmm. The double bill of I Heat mm-hmm. Your Skin. Not the scariest movie ever made. And just if you're if you're nine, it's probably. <laughs> I have to say, as a nine-year-old, the the what do you call it the the water one, Monster Beach part, The horror of parking oh Beach. That would have been terrible. Yes. That had a couple of scenes in it that really scared me as a kid. <laughs> when the, the girls are changing the tire in the dark, they get the flat tire. And then when the girls are having the sleepover and they're like, oh, here comes the boys. Let's turn out the lights. lesbian slumber party, yes. And they all get slaughtered. <laughs> and the boring chick doesn't go, so she lives.
1: You're absolutely right. Yeah, There, there are scenes in that that are great. But then, but then there's like random long musical numbers. Which like What's happening? What's happening? Play an entire song. The zombie stomp. Zombie the zombie stomp, stomp that you reminded
4: me. This could have used some musical numbers. Yeah, it really could have. <laughs> or like the Servants Rebellion. <laughs> Splish splash I've been taking a bath. <laughs> And she gets chloroformed in the middle of it, and it's great. <laughs> this <is> the
1: beginning. <laughs> it's the big ending. It's this movie's version
4: of The Hook and Vaudeville. <laughs> hook. The Hook. That would have been fun. The Hook murder. I remember in my in my, scene as a kid, the mir- the murder seemed way more like, you know, bloodier and, and scarier. Imagination back then, I guess. So what would you give this movie? Everything did back in the day. How many Everything skulls back- would you give this movie out of five?
1: Out of five,
4: I'd give it three and a half. No way. It's harmless. Really? I would give it yeah. two. Two. And that's like being nice. <laughs> but only because they filmed it. Okay. They went to the trouble of filming it. I give them points for that. <laughs> Somebody edited if they it. they didn't film it, it wouldn't be a movie. <laughs> Somebody edited it and learned some lines. I saw some of the... They actually put... They paid money for this? Um, not a lot. The, I think it was like I, I would, really cheaply made, right? Like $5,000? Is that possible? Well... Well, do you know, uh, fucking Viv- his, Vivian's father
1: is the sculptor who did Mount Rushmore. She came from money. They're filming on his estate. I'm sure that's where the money came from. Oh, wow.
4: Not- I'm sure this is a big tax write-off. I did not see that in my Wikipedia searches. That's amazing. Because I saw she went on to do something in Florida or something like uh, She was doing something. Yeah, she did a few things. That's amazing. Uh, anyway, um, so I'll Sp- go. spooky
1: before we leave. Leave. Where can people find out more about you? Where can people find out about Spookorama? And where can people send their restraining orders so that you don't chloroform them? <laughs> <laughs> well, get me a- pa- pineapple
4: patty. Is looking very distressed with <laughs> this like, whole conversation. She's looking over your shoulder, like, <laughs> That's please help the bottle's me. Bottles hidden in her head. <laughs> uh, so you can catch me on Instagram, just poke me there. You'll see all my info. Whenever I'm doing something, I put it up on the Instagram because I'm uh, I'm futuristic like that. And I got a Facebook page. You can come and like. You can poke me and like me and and say nice things and tell your friends about me and make me the most popular horror host. Which turns out I'm not the only horror host in New York, you know. It turns out I got a couple of some competition out there. So uh, I could use all the fun help you can get. I guess you're a horror host, huh? Hey, <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, Uncle Spooky, you've caught onto my elaborate trap. This is, this has all been a ruse to Luriana. Where's my abort button? Where's my abort button? I didn't sign a release for this. Hold on while I put on my big cape and floppy hat. <laughs> 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 Go while I was and my umbrella. Fans. That's always a sword. All right, thanks for having me. I love doing this. Thank
1: you very much, Uncle Spooky. It's been a hoot hanging out with you. Stay safe, stay, stay healthy, and most well all, well stay
4: fabulous. Huh. Next movie, can't wait. <laughs>
1: Right. I'd like to say thank you once again to the fabulous Uncle Spooky. Wonderful having you here. What a treat. Hey, if you really liked Uncle Spooky, be sure to follow him on Instagram. The links are down there in the show notes. And when you follow him, make sure that you spell it right. It's Uncle with a K, U-N-K-L-E, Spooky, because he's weird like that. And since we talked about Uncle Spooky spookarama at the beginning of the episode, I'd just like to remind you that... A couple times a month on Monday nights, Uncle Spooky hosts the Uncle Spooky Spookerama on Zoom, where we all get together, we watch a movie, and we talk about it. It's great fun. But if you're in the New York area, Uncle Spooky also has a semi-regular gig doing live shows at the Flying Fox Tavern. So follow him, follow Flying Fox. They're super fun, very different from the Zoom nights. They're both fun in their own different ways, but coloring contests and prizes and games and spooky movies, it's great stuff. Uncle Spooky, what a guy. Too bad he's dead. Actually, that's the best thing about him. I got nothing. You know how refreshing it is not to have anything really deep to say about the movie that we just watched? To not have another 20 minutes of material to go through for my final thoughts. Except I do have some final thoughts. The more I think about it, I thought of it as a joke that Philip, the Roy Scheider character, was the gay one. And the more I think about it, the more it works. Because I'm picturing Philip. Underappreciated Philip. The one everybody thinks is sick. The one who is number two. The number two son. The middle son. He's the Jan of the family. 1891, homosexuality was a crime, so he can't say anything because the closet doesn't have a door. It's a trap. It's a prison. He's forced to marry some young debutante, probably to bring money to the family because they're running out of her. Some weird thing like that. Because Lord knows he never wants to have sex with her. Vivian always wants to have sex. Philip doesn't want to have sex. This is why. And I don't know, being underappreciated, abused, ignored, and forced to live this lie of a life all to appease people that you don't even like? That might drive you to drink, and it's going to give you a whole lot of suppressed rage. And I just pictured myself, various family functions at awkward Christmas dinners and endless wedding receptions, just having to bite my tongue and tone it all down and be this person I'm not to please people that I don't like, and just thinking, one day... One day, I'll be free of all of you. Although Philip took it a step far, cooking up an elaborate plan to kill his entire family, but we don't judge here. We don't judge. Attaboy, Phil. Attaboy. Good for her. So next time, more popcorn. But next time is special popcorn because it's Patreon popcorn. It's a Patreon takeover episode, and this time we're being taken over by new patron... Thomas Harris, and Thomas Harris wants me to talk about the 2008 film Zombie Strippers, starring Jenna Jameson and Robert Englund. And to do that, I'm going to be joined by two very special hosts. I'm going to be joined by John Hernandez, a.k.a. queer horror host Stan the Mechanic, and Derek Hogan. Derek Hogan, who played Ned Wood in... And I had a bloody good time at House Harker. So it's going to be a super fun episode. And of course, the timing couldn't be more perfect because Zombie Strippers was on Tubi up until a month ago, but now it's gone. However, there is a perfectly good bootleg copy on YouTube. There'll be a link down there in the show notes if you want to play along at home. And you do want to play along at home because this movie is a hoot. So I think that's going to wrap things up for another episode of Scream Queens. If you had a good time here, be sure that you hit that subscribe button or the follow button, whatever rebundant has on your podcast listening device to make sure that you find out every time there's a piping hot brand new episode of scream queens waiting for your hungry ear holes to listen to and if you want to keep up with all the scream queens goss all the hot news from sqhq then you need to follow me on social media i'm on facebook at scream queens i'm on instagram at scream queens podcast and again those links are down there in the show notes as are all the links i've been babbling about for the last hour and 50 minutes so with that, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a more fabulously creepy place, and never ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule: fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, stay fabulous, baby. Mwah. <laughs>